Here they come! Welcome to episode 61 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average, or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Chris Irons to discuss the ending of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. All right, sweethearts, what are you waiting for? Breakfast in bed? Another glorious day in the core. Hello, Chris. Hello, Eric. Hello. Now, have you got your leather trousers on? Uh, actually, I do not. <laughs> do you want to take a break? I, I, I need you in leather trousers. I want you with some shoulder pads, and I want you with your fake Mohican, because that's what I'm wearing right now. Oh, I, can you send me a pic? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, 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 I'm going <laughs> to pause this, send you a pic, and come back. And we're back. Chris is now uh, um, all clobbered out, aren't you, Chris? I'm all decked out. I'm wearing everything. It's, it's hot, but I'm wearing it all. I'm glad you went with the second option because you wearing the Auntie Entity outfit, it didn't suit you, Chris. Not at all. <laughs> it didn't bring out my eyes at all? No? <laughs> no, it wasn't that. You haven't got the legs for it. Okay, this is true. Very yeah, true. N- never, ever wear a chainmail bikini again. Please don't. <laughs> again? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we are then, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Um, we've already covered Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, so it was inevitable that we'd do another Max film, and you being the big Mel fan, I thought I'd include you in on it. I appreciate this. This is I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about Mel and Max combined. Yes, yeah. It's also the only of the um, first three films, until Fury Road came out, this is the only of the three Mad Max films that actually had special effects in it. There's a tiny little one in the first oh, yeah. Mad Max film, uh, which we're going to come to in, uh, in another episode. But this is the only one with a proper, proper special effects sequence in it. So, uh, so here we go. When the film first came out then, Chris, uh, how old were you? Did you see it in cinemas or what? Is this a, what 85? Was this 85, out? yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember definitely seeing The Real Warrior. And then I, I must have seen this one in, in theaters. I, I don't remember it. But I was a huge fan of the of the Road Warrior, and this and this is my story. You asked me to be on for Thunderdome. I said, "Oh, guaranteed. Yes, I'll go down and watch it." You know, on the day of. I came down here this morning. I have Mad Max on DVD and, and Blu-ray. I have the Road Warrior on DVD and Blu-ray. I do not own Beyond Thunderdome. Ah. And I hate to say this for being a huge fan, but I I know that this is my least favorite Mad Max movie. And I think that's why I don't own it. I want to own it. I thought I owned it. I don't own it. <laughs> mm. See, I don't think there'll be too many that would disagree with you. I think, I think, you know, pretty much everyone will say, if you've got to rank all four, this would come fourth, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, and I wanted, it's been forever. I want to know why. Like, why do I feel that way? 
I think um, if you had already seen Mad Max and The Road Warrior, you know, they are they are hardcore action films. You're, you're very intense. Whereas this one, yeah. you know, everything was rain back. I think in America it was a PG-13, you know, instead of your R rating that you have over there. So, okay. Um, yeah, and, and this, you know, when it first came out, I, I really didn't care for it. You know, uh, as I say, the first two, they were these low-budget cult films, and I loved them, you know, and I watched yeah. them as much as I could. Um, and it was also those two films, not many people knew about it, and if they didn't really know about it, that made them feel even more special. But then here we are, we've got the third one. It's got U.S. financing now. Uh, it's being plugged like mad everywhere. You've got Tina Turner in it, so that the focus moved away from Max to Tina Turner, at least for the publicity sort of things. And then you had that song as well, which was absolutely bloody everywhere, wasn't it? It was. I do love the song, though. I, I, I don't that. mind it now. I'm, I'm, I'll talk a bit more about this in a minute. I don't mind it now, but back then it was just absolutely everywhere. You just couldn't. It was. Yeah, and it was huge. And the whole film, it just looked a lot flashier because, you know, you had more money spent. And, and it just was a lot more lightweight compared to the menace, you know, and the threat and the danger and the dark, dark humor of the first two. Now you've got this very lightweight version, and it's it had children in it as well. I think back That's then in '85, that was the yeah, problem. They, I had. There were children in it. Did they like kind of like make it down? Was this was this movie? Do you think made for children so they can ah. go see a Mad Max movie? Well, no. We'll talk about this in behind the scenes. There is a reason why the children are in it. Okay. Um, but uh, we'll come to that in behind the scenes. But I don't like films with children in. I've I've got a problem with <laughs> films with children in. I always you hate kids, don't you? <laughs> well, I've got three. I'm all right with mine. But no, they, it's just something about children in films. I've never cared for it. You know, um, I like the songs of Oliver. Couldn't stand the children in it. I mean, you know, couldn't stand Annie, Bugsy Malone, all these films with hideous brats that couldn't act, you know. And it's very yeah. rare that I ever come across a child that I think, oh, they can act like that. The kid in Sixth Sense, I thought was really good. You know, very yeah. Well, yeah. do you have a ET? Like that's mostly kids. Yeah. Do you like that? Yeah, movie? Uh, not not Drew Barrymore. Okay, uh, I didn't like Drew Barrymore, but 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 yeah, Henry Thomas and the and his older brother, they were all right. Okay. You know, um, and the kid in Close Encounters, especially. I love the kid in Close Encounters. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, but um, but no, I've I've always had a problem with kids, and that's why I've never watched the Harry Potter film, uh, because British kids in films really wind me up even more. You know? <laughs> so I, I don't it. know anything about Harry Potter films. Maybe, but maybe one day I'm going to have to, you know, do a Harry Potter film. I'm going to have to bring in one of my children as the co-host because I don't know anything about them at all. You're going to have to. I mean, it's it's I've. I, you know me, I, I was never a Potter. I've seen them all just to see them. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I understand why people love them. Like, you know, there's a Star Wars fan and, and there's Potter fans. I understand it. I never got on board on it, but you're right, though. The, the, the British kids. <laughs> it's just not for me. But as right. I say, I mean, th this film, it had tons of humor in it, and I just wasn't used to it. I mean, the first two had all this black comedy aspects to it, but it was really ramped up in this one, wasn't it? And it was especially personified in the character of iron bar now he's not really in this sequence but he's the little short bald guy 
that's all the yes. way through the film. And he's got like a totem pole off his back with a, uh, <laughs> you know, a mask on the top. And yes. he was like a living Looney Tunes character. He was like Wile E. Coyote, you know. He was always stacking it. You think he's dead, and then he would come back again, you know. Yes. And he, yeah. and he never, yeah, ever right. dies, you know. <laughs> he he even the cartoon does a, character. Yeah, I mean, this sequence we're going to talk about, I, I watched just before it, I watched the the climax of the um, uh, chase when they escape from Bartertown. And just before he shoots Pig Killer, the guy driving the truck that's on the railway tracks, um, he gives a cackle, and I swear that's Yosemite Sam cackling. Um, <laughs> I, I swear it, you know? Did but, he hold up a sign and says, like, yipes, or, or help me, or something? <laughs> they should have had that at the end, at the very end, when he does die, there should have been a yipe or something like that. <laughs> But but throughout it all, I mean, all the things I didn't like about it, you know, you still had Mel in it, didn't you? Yeah. You know, and, and I, 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 can, I sorry, I didn't even like I didn't even like Mel's hair for a while, the long hair. I didn't like that. Until he no, cut when it. you first see him and he's got that mullet going on, yeah, yeah. that was bad. That was very bad. I mean, this is, this is told us from the start that this movie is not that good. No, <laughs> I, I mean, Mad Max One. If you watch Mad Max One, I mean, you know, it was. It came out in eighty, but it was made in the seventies, and it and it yeah. does look like it's from then. Eighty two, it's a bit of a transition time with Mad Max two, um, and it didn't look eighties. This really looks eighties. This film, it does. You know, the hair, yeah. the costumes, everything. You know, um, yeah. but but Mel, Mel Gibson, um, I I've always considered a true old school, you know, Hollywood star, you know of the old mold where, you, you know, he's just got a charisma to him and he's got a magnetism to him, you know, you won't um, hear me disagree at all. You're totally right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, this I wasn't, yeah if this wasn't a Matt, if this wasn't a Mad Max film, if, it, if this was, I don't know, uh, Tom Selleck as a certain character, I would have watched it once and forgotten about it, but you yeah, know, I stuck right. with it because it's Mad Max and it's Mel. And I think I did own it on video when it, when it was out on video, but I, I do have it on Blu-ray, but the only reason I have it on Blu-ray is it was cheap in the shops one day, and I thought, well, I've got all the others. There's a gap in my collection. I might as well get it. So it was only to be a completist, you know. Well, that's uh, I've, I've that seen it in, in in the Walmart Target bins, but for like five, six, seven dollars, and I kept telling myself, oh wow, Blu-ray. Ah, I already got that. Not knowing, I don't have. No, you it. haven't. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I want to get it now, like because I, like you said, to add to finish my collection and all, you know. I I think you should because number one, it's a really good transfer. You know, it's a it's a really good uh, copy. It looks brilliant on Blu-ray, and I haven't watched it. It must be twenty years since I last saw it, and I'd completely forgotten um, so much of it. And I was really surprised when I first watched it again. I mean, the opening. We're not. We're talking about the very end of the film today, but the very beginning the opening i'd forgotten how beautiful it was you know you've got to fade into max arriving he's on his like camel train thing and the and the camera swoops down oh, yeah yeah the cinematography in that whole sequence before he reaches barter town is just beautiful you've got i've completely forgotten that morris shah did the soundtrack to it and you've got some really eerie beautiful music in that opening thing okay um and watching on Blu-ray, I mean, the children now, I don't have so much of a problem with. And I th I'm thinking it's maybe because I'm a parent now. That's probably so, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so I found a, a lot of their scenes now quite touching. Um, yeah, which I didn't think I would. And I used to be annoyed by the double speak the children did, you know. 
Yeah, okay. But I think that's okay now. Um, but, yeah, I don't mind the kids apart from Jediah, you know, Bruce Spence's uh, character. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, His kid couldn't stand him then, can't stand him now. Yeah, he, <laughs> he encapsulates what I don't like about children in films. Oh, no, he's bloody annoying. See, I, um, I have to get this now. I'm getting this movie today. I've seen it in should. the Walmart bit. I'm getting yeah, it. I'm getting... Do it, do it. But something I still don't like that I didn't like then, we were saying earlier, are the outfits. Auntie Entity's cronies, all their outfits. Um, I mean, before in in Mad Max, The Road Warrior, you could believe that the, that the folk there, what they was wearing were made from junk because that's exactly sure. what they did. You know, the costumers yeah. went to junk shops and stuff like this um but now everything just looks really over designed and tailor-made you know just like every other mad max clone that came from it yeah over the top it's like the wild boys video the duran duran wild boy boys video oh my god that's exactly what was wrong they they saw the road warrior and went oh we're we're gonna do that and came out in these fancy poncy outfits and then yeah mad max 3 comes along and they've fallen into the same trap Everything's too yeah. designed and too pretty, and yeah, you don't believe it for one minute. But I, I did, I did like the whole like Thunderdome, like like two men in, one man out. I did like that like idea of it all. Yeah, go out and buy it, Chris, and watch it because I think I know. You'll be yeah, surprised. I wish. Yeah, it's been forever, and I, I'm mad. I thought I said I must have this, and I looked at him like shit. I don't have this. Yeah, you should. I mean, Master Blaster, I, I really like Master Blaster now. You know, I like the fight that he has, you know, um, in in the, the actual Thunderdome, the fight you yeah. know, with, with the chainsaw and the big mallet and all like this. It's all, it's all really good stuff. Yeah, go out and get it, Chris. Okay, I will. All right. Okay, right. Let's get on with the clip then, shall we? Okay. This you know... The years travel fast, and time after time I done the tell. But this ain't one body's tell, it's the tell of us all. And you gotta listen it and remember. Cause what you hear's today, you gotta tell the newborn tomorrow. I's looking behind us now, into history back. I sees those of us that got the luck and started the hall for home. And I remembers how it led us here and how we was heartful because we seen what there once was. One look and we knew we'd got it straight. Those what had gone before had the knowing and the doing of things beyond our reckoning, even beyond our dreaming. Time counts and keeps counting. And we knows now, finding the trick of what's been and lost ain't no easy ride. But that's our track. We gotta travel it. And there ain't nobody knows where it's gonna lead. Still and all, every night we does the tell so that we remember who we was and where we came from. But most of all, we remembers the man who finded us. Him that came the salvage. And we lights the city. Not just for him, but for all of them that are still out there. Because we knows there'll come a night when they seize the distant light and they'll be coming home. Just before our sequence, we've had the wrap-up of that chase scene uh, with Jediah's dinky little plane not having enough runway between them and the pursuing cars to take off. They've stopped at that cliff or something, haven't they? 
Yes, yes. Is that, yeah. is that a real plane? I was going to say about this. I might as well say it now okay. um, in um, in behind the scenes. But, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Hang on, I've got to find it. Where's my... Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, it is an actual um, plane, okay? It looks okay. made up. It looks too ridiculous to actually fly, doesn't it? It you know? does. It, it looks like it's never going to take, take off the ground. Yeah, it's like the flying wing in Raiders of the Lost Ark. You look at that and it's like, no, that can't fly. But it is. <laughs> it It's a real plane. It's called a Transavia Agricultural Survey Craft. And it's unique to Australia. I guess that's why we haven't seen it anywhere else. All right. Yeah, but it's a dinky little thing, isn't it? It is. And, and, and how how can it like carry? It looks like it's not going to carry people up in the sky. You know what I mean? It looks like it's going to fall apart. Yeah. I think I think that's artistic license. I don't. I, I think maybe it can take one person, maybe two, but not all those kids. No way. <laughs> no. All right. All right. So Mac Mac says he's going to make enough runway by driving his vehicle head on into Auntie's army, which is chasing them down, doesn't he? Yes. Which and, with, with Mel Mel behind the wheel for me just gives me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, ever since the first one, there's something about that guy. When he's sat behind yeah. the wheel, he just looks yes. even more heroic, doesn't he? He and, just looks and, pissed and yeah. just awesome and just amazing. Because <laughs> he never smiles, you know. No. Um, he very rarely even opens his mouth. All, all, all his acting <laughs> is done, you know, just with his face, with his mouth shut. And there's a brilliant shot of that when he says, you know, I'm going to make room. And, you know, the plane starts going off. He overtakes and he comes alongside and he looks across and they're all, all standing at the hatch, aren't they, looking across it? Yeah. And that yeah. look he gives them before then turning back and then accelerating off. It's like, oh, <laughs> I want to be <laughs> yeah. like that. Why Why can't I look like that when I'm behind the wheel of my car? Nobody no, nobody sees me looking like that when I'm at the traffic lights or whatever. But that's, that's what makes Mel... Mel, like he does, he, he acts through his face, through lots of his movies, and he's he's great at it. And you believe what he says he's going to do, he's going to do. Mm, yeah, yeah, and he does do it. He, he accelerates off ahead of the plane, um, and then here here comes um, our Iron Bar, overtakes all the other cars, and he goes out in yeah. front. You know, he he's potentially died what about twenty times before now, and now he's going to go head on with uh, Max, doesn't he, in a game of chicken? Yes. Yes, don't don't mess with Max. <laughs> don't mess with Max because at the very last instant, uh, Max jumps out of his car. Ha- did you notice the continuity error in this? I did not. Yeah, when he goes to jump out of his car, because you know, of course, this is filmed in Australia, and um, Australia is like here in England. You know that the steering wheel is on the right hand side oh. of the car. So he goes to jump out the right-hand door, but when it then cuts to him leaping from the car, he's actually jumping out the left-hand side. Oh, see that? <laughs> yeah. But Stuff there that are no one sees, you know? Yeah, but there are apologists who say, oh, there's a cut bit where he actually climbed out, climbed over the roof, and then jumped off. But it's like, nah. <laughs> no. It would be easier just to open the door and jump. Why are you going to open the door and climb over the roof and then jump? There you go. There you go. But uh, yeah, it jumps away. He does, and we've got these fantastic multiple crashes. I mean, this is what yeah. the Mad Max films are just, you know, famous for is is the stunt work 
and the practical effects, especially when you're crashing up all these vehicles. And the camera flies over it, doesn't it? As as they yes. are actually tumbling over each other, they've timed that just right. I don't know how many takes they had to do to do this, but the timing of that camera pass over these perfect. crashing vehicles is absolutely perfect. Yeah. 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 And that, that's what even made made this Mad Max um, Fury Road good. Is, is you're right. Is the cars? Like, there's there's no CGI. It's all real cars yeah. crashing, driving, and blowing up. That's what makes Mad Max films great. That's why I've got a lot of time for Fury Road because a lot of films, you know, they go all CGI, and you sit there and you go, yeah, this is entertaining, but it's not real. But when you know yeah. that in Fury Road they were doing it for real there was cgi you know to take wires out or or whatever or the or the odd body but by and large george miller you know he, he likes his destruction real doesn't he yeah and i think it was you when this movie was coming out that there was rumors of mel mm. was the bad guy or somebody in the movie like, as a cameo yeah, yeah, that turned out just to be a rumor that yeah, yeah. He, he he was there all all swathed and you couldn't really see him, but he was there on set. Um, but no, no, that turned out to be uh, yeah, that was just uh, you know wishful thinking from all the Mad Max fans. Yes, for all of us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so with that crash, um, and um, you know, um, everything's crashing, everything, um. Our sequence is just about to start, but just just before it starts, um, Max, he's down on the ground. Auntie comes up with her cronies, and they all get out and surround him. And even then, when he's laying on the floor and he's all beat up and that, he's still looking all macho and defiant, yeah. isn't he? And cool. <laughs> yeah. That's the word for oh, it. He's yeah. just cool, you know? He is cool. He, I mean, yeah. say what you want. M- Max and Mel, it's just cool for me. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Auntie Entity's there. She's like, raggedy man. What a pair we make and you know as far as he knows he's just going to be you know have a shotgun up to his head and that's the end of it but he's still there you know but no she leaves him and and off she goes and she leaves him to to walk away and that's where our sequence starts because as he just i love the way he just like looks around yeah he's in all this carnage he could barely stand up and he just looks around like that just happened kind of thing you know yeah 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 but uh, this is where our sequence starts. Uh, you've got the plane flying away, and you've got a, a few cuts of it flying distance. You know, the the, the, the music's playing. Um, and it reaches the edge of a huge orange cloud. Yes. Um, which I always thought was a special effect, but it's not. We'll be talking about that in a minute. Um, okay. But seeing it now for today, I think when I got this on Blu-ray, it was before Fury Road came out. But when you look at that orange cloud now, and it's like half of the screen is filled up with this orange cloud... It reminds me an awful lot of that big cloud that was in Fury Road, you know, that they're driving towards. You've got all the lightning going off inside and there's like yeah. tumbling. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like, you know, a, 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 callback a nod to maybe. this. Yeah. 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 But yeah, in all, it looks an awful lot like that one. Um, I, but we, I actually thought it was a sandstorm kind of forming or, or brewing cloud. Oh, you know I'll, what I mean? I'll say it now. It is a sandstorm. Um, it's okay. a real sandstorm, um, and the camera plane flew into it uh, for some of the shots. Okay. Wow! Wow! But, That's cool. But yeah, but the storm—you know—it actually hit the crew in the desert. 
okay they they, they had to like you know uh hide in the cars and wait for it to pass that was a real sandstorm and the plane the australian <laughs> the australian guys you know knowing no fear oh here comes a sandstorm let's film it <laughs> that's why that's in the film they decided to fly through a sandstorm or at least the very edge of it and yeah everybody down on the ground got hit by it and you had to just take cover wherever you could is that is that all you do during a sandstorm just hide and wait till, till it's over yeah, yeah, you, you, you can't do anything. You know, your plane will fall out the sky, your car will clog up, you can't do a darn thing. And they're incredibly destructive, you know, if they're picking up little stones and pebbles yeah. and stuff like that, you know, you're going to be ripped to pieces. So, yeah, that, was a, that wasn't an orange cloud that I've always thought it was. It actually was a sandstorm. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. wasn't there a sandstorm in, in one of the Mission Possible movies like the ghost protocol or something wasn't there uh, one with tom i'm Cruise's... not a big i'm not a big fan of the mission impossibles i've only seen the first two okay um, all right and i don't remember much of either of them so hmm. all right so we get mel- melancholic music from morris shah there um as we see the point of view of the plane and we start to see cliffs emerging out mm-hmm. of the out of the clouds and it's like oh there's cliffs and then you see part of a ruined bridge don't you yes and you go oh there's a ruined bridge but just after that, we get the revelation of where we are. This isn't some, you know, generic post-apocalyptic city. That's right. Sydney Opera House. You know? Yes. But what was around it? A boat? A ship? It like, is. What it's, was next it, to it? It's a crashed ship. Every, everything has, um, you, you know, the world has completely gone to pieces. Um, and the, where we see this, where we see the ruined and the way the music is going... I was reminded an awful lot of the end of Planet of the Apes, where, you know, Charlton Heston, he goes around that headland of the beach, and just there, oh, stuck yeah. in the sand, is, you know, the head and arm of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just ruined, and the world is gone. I, it Very fam- uh, similar th- feel to it, I think, this bit. Yeah, and they, it, it shows you, like, where they're at and what happened, and this, this shit's real kind of thing. You know, like, this is where we're at now. But it also, I mean, you know, the first two Mad Max films, it, you know, the first one says sometime in the future. And, oh, yeah. you know, you know, they're Australian. They've got Australian accents. Therefore, it's in Australia. But you never know where in Australia. But, you know, we now know that Bartertown is a plane's ride away from Sydney. Yeah. A small, a small right. plane's ride away from Sydney. And therefore, if you extrapolate back from that... Max has been travelling for some time since the end of Mad Max 2 with his camels tied to the front of his truck. Somewhere yeah. back from that is the oil refinery from Mad Max 2, and then somewhere back from that is, you know, the town, the city of the first Mad Max. So everything's not that far, really, from Sydney in Australia. That's pretty cool how it like, connects to one another. Like, yeah, you're right. It's like, You think it could be, you know, years and years past, but it's not really that long, you know? No. It's it's right down the street. <laughs> you make a right-hand turn, you know? I mean, Yeah, I mean, they didn't have to do it. You didn't have to have Sydney Opera House. That could have been any city, you know? You could have just had a ruined city, and that would have worked absolutely fine. But it, yeah. it, I, th- I think it's important to put that in because it can sh- it shows the audience that, yeah, everything's gone. You know, we are yeah. in the real world. This isn't some fantasy world. We're in Australia. We're in Sydney. This plane is just about to set down in Sydney. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And we see dust covering all the high rises. Um, you see this shot of the city and everything's covered in dust. 
and um and savannah's voice she starts doing her closing voiceover at this point and and the streets we see there with you know the ruined high rises and everything with all the smashed windows reminded me an awful lot of another film um and this time the opening of terminator 2 i was just thinking that it reminded me of t2 yeah yeah, of all the, yeah because it's all, all at night it's all dark everything's really yeah. very t2 yeah very. um and we cut inside then in some sort of like you know warehouse or ruined building and everyone sat around savannah as she tells the tale and all, it's obvious all the kids who you yeah. hate yeah, all the kids I hate. Some, I mean, there's some adults in there as well. And first, was, I remember yeah. the first time I watched that, it's like, oh, they've grown up. But no, Savannah is no older. <laughs> the 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 mute kid who's in it, the bald kid, the mute kid who's in it, who reminds me now of Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. He he's he's now got hair. So it's about and and one of the kids has got a kid herself. So this is like yeah. a year or so later, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's later on. Yeah, and you're right. You think it's the kids that you just seen, but no, they're they're older now, and there's new kids yeah. now involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and back then, I mean, you know, it just finished, and I thought, right, that's the end. But now, I think it's a very sweet ending because we see the city at night, and we got occasional lights in some of the windows. Yeah. As Savannah says, how they light the fire so Max and any others sees the distance, see them in the distance, they'll be coming home, and we fade to Max walking into a sunset, don't we? Yeah, it's it. It gives you chills because he's he's not gone. He's just out there again, you know, whatever, saving new people, helping new people, and just continuing his journey. Yeah, yeah, and um, and that's it. I mean, I like to think that Max did make it back. He made it to Sydney because right. you know you know in Fury Road where the new Max keeps having flashbacks to people saying, "Oh, you, Max, help us!" Blah 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 blah. Yeah. You know, I've always thought that they're the children from this film, you know, because I don't think when you see that kid, that's his kid, you know, the the child, because that, that in the very first Mad Max, he loses his son, Sprog, and his and, you know, his wife. But Sprog is a toddler. Right. But yeah, th- 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 yeah. those flashbacks, you know, these images, you've got feral looking older children. You know, and you're, you're right. and there's some adults, and I'm thinking this is that tribe that there's the, the Tom Hardy Max is the Mel Gibson Max. He does make it back to Sydney. Something happens along the way, and for whatever reason, he goes back out into the wastelands in another interceptor. That explains why he's got an interceptor at, uh, oh, at, wow. at the beginning of Fury Road. It is a true sequel to this one, I think. Yes. You're not. It's not even a prequel or a redo or a remake. I love your connection that it can. It's it's part four of the Mad yeah. Max films, and it's yes. I love. It makes me like like that one more now. Yeah, I I I do. I I mean, there's been theories that you know it. Um, you know, it's this Max is actually the feral kid. You know, from the end of yeah, Road I heard Warrior that too, and all, and all these theories. But to me, the amount of flashbacks that you see in Fury Road. There are so many of there, and more than one person. I think it's members of this tribe, and something happened once he returned, which made him then go back out into the wasteland. I don't know if the if if, if the scum come in and they you know and and they occupy the city, and everyone has to get out, and it, for some reason he had to abandon them, and he's, that's why he feels guilty. This is why he keeps getting the flashbacks. But yeah, I like I like to see it as a com- complete sequel to this one. 
I remember when I saw Fury Road that I was hoping that uh, Tom Hardy's character would have had that little tiny music box. Yeah. Like, like brought it out to tell the audience this is the feral kid from, is, from Road Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that would have been connected. I think I would have liked, I mean, that would have been great for, I guess, diehard fans, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay, so that's our sequence over. So we have behind the scenes children in this film. The reason there's children in this film is this film originally wasn't a Mad Max film at all. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. It's, it, do, you, do you know the novel and the film Lord of the Flies? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, so, so this film originally was going to be a post-apocalyptic Lord of the Flies about a tribe of children who are found by an adult. Okay. But it okay. became the third Mad Max film when George Miller suggested that Max is the man who finds the children. So, yeah. It was then changed into a Mad Max film. Okay, I can see. All right, I, I have nothing wrong with that so far. Okay, um, so that was the idea, but he lost interest in making this film after um, his friend and the producer of the first two films, Byron Kennedy, uh, was killed in a helicopter crash. That's why you oh. know, just as it fades out of this film, it says for Byron at the end. Yeah, he was the producer of the first two, and he was a best mates with George Miller. But he died in a helicopter crash while location scouting for this film. Oh, jeez. That's, yeah. that's and horrible. Some, some people think that the reason the feel of the film is different in this one to the other two was that it was actually Byron Kennedy who had the intensity. Um, he was responsible for the intensity of the first two because he was the one who kept pushing for more and more extreme action and stunts blah 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 okay um, wow, okay and, and and for this one apparently uh george lucas uh, george lucas george miller um <laughs> as i say he lost interest did uh, interest in it because byron died but apparently he only directed the action scenes in this film and it was george ogilvy who handled the rest of it maybe it was too rough for for george miller to be like there 24 yeah. 7 oh wow and maybe, I mean, you know, if you if you take the action scenes and look at the action scenes of this film, yeah, some of the outfits are, you know, a bit silly compared to the others. But the action scenes can sit right alongside the action scenes of the first two. It is, you know, the the dialogue scenes and that that feels different. Since since you said that, yeah, I mean, uh, from my memory, yeah, I, the, the the chase scenes, the car crashes, it was like, oh, this is Road Warrior. But then when they were talking, I'm like, nah, this ain't Road Warrior. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that, if you do get this on Blu-ray, you've got to have a look at is that uh, Max's eyes are different, okay? The pupil of his left eye is permanently dilated. All right? Um, At the beginning of the film, where he first looks down on Thunderdome, you can really see it. His pupil is dilated in his left eye, and that is a complete nod to the Road Warrior, because when he's forced off the road by a Wes and, you know, and his original Inceptor blows up, he's got all that blood down the left-hand side of his face, and he's got that for the rest of the film. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's a nod to it. That's a, that's a wound that he's sustained when he was driven off the road by a Wes. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then here we go with the ruined city of uh, Sydney. It was a model, okay, a blooming huge model. I'll, I'll, I'll put it up on Facebook. The photos that each each city block must have been about five, six feet high. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah, and it was built 
it was so big you couldn't build it in a regular you know uh, special effects workshop it had to be built in a warehouse in alexandria which is a, a suburb of sydney and then they i never knew this they took it to a peninsula just outside sydney called the north head Pen- peninsula which overlooked sydney harbour so so they actually filmed the ruined sydney harbour at sydney harbour <laughs> so, yes. so the sky that's, of the model that's creepy is the, a little bit yeah there's a photo again i'll put it up on facebook where you've got the model it doesn't you know, look like it does in the film because it's shot in daylight and over the top you can see the sea you know, of sydney harbour because they actually took it to sydney harbour to film it so you so you look to the left and there's you know sydney harbour all looking nice you look to the right it's like oh shit <laughs> it's all trashed yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. isn't that cool that isn't is that cool, cool? I don't know why they chose to do that, but they did it, and, uh, you know, <laughs> brilliant. This love is, it. This is why I love you, and I love your show. You you find facts that I don't even think of. Like, this this is just amazing that you find out what, what you find out. I love it. Yeah, but this is why I do this show, because I love all this. I love this about special effects. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you, know, uh, you know, modern you know cgi special effects they're impressive and everything but it's not the same as making something out of wood and then getting clay underneath your fingernails and you know taking physically taking somewhere something somewhere and blowing it up and everything i love it all you know so this is what this show is all about it makes me wonder too like 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 all right let's say beyond thunderdome how long did that movie make i mean uh take to make like nine months a year oh i wouldn't know i couldn't find that. that and they got to build everything and make everything. And then let's say Fury, well, I guess they like Avengers. I don't know. How long does that kind of movie make when it's all yeah. CGI'd and all fake? Yeah. You but, know what I mean? It's, I would think the ones that, that, that you got to make your own stuff and cars and props and sets would take a lot longer than what today's time does, yeah, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. That, we, we had this in, um, you know, the, the Star Wars films that, you know, that they would film the footage but the film didn't yes. come out straight away because then you had like a, um, a a year of post-production of doing all the miniature work and everything, you know? Yeah. That's why yes. there was this big gap between the films. But, you know, physical effects like this, practical effects like this, you know, I'll take them over CGI every time. The downside to it is, in this case, with this city, is it was so darn big, there was nowhere to put it once they had finished with it. So it was all destroyed. It was all broken up. That's the worst when you hear they tear stuff apart. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice if you know George Miller kept a building, or maybe the Sydney Sydney Opera House, and it's in his back garden. It's a bird table or something like that. That would be nice. <laughs> that would be great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or but... give you a, or mail you a piece, and mail me a piece. You know something. Yeah. You know. We had this conversation when we were talking about Hoth, weren't we? The Hoth sequence yeah. about how they made the Millennium Falcon and then just broke it up and threw it away. Yeah. Just. Just send me a nut and bolt off of the Millennium Falcon. I'll be happy with that. <laughs> Something, yes, you're right. Yes, all right. All right. Well, that's it. That's behind the scenes done. So, as you know, we then go on to a rating, and the rating is just for the sequence. It's not for the entire film, which is just as well, because you haven't seen yes. the whole film. I know. It's been, <laughs> it's been forever. But the, but the scene that I saw and the plane and that and that um sandstorm and the buildings... I really liked it, and and the little tiny lights when they were lighting up, I really enjoyed it. And I really, I think I, I'm too hard on myself on the ratings. I always like give me either too high or too low. For me, I'm giving it an eight point seven five. 
<laughs> you like doing this to me, don't you? I was going to give it 8.72 to see what you do, but no, 8.75 is what I'm doing. It's not like, you know, perfect. It's not nine or whatever, but I really enjoyed it. And yes, me because I'm, you know, a All huge right. male Mad Max fan, but it wasn't bad. No, no. Um, Luckily, I came equipped with a uh, calculator today, so I'm all right. I've just been tapping away. Um, it's a really short sequence, you know, it but it's well done. Um, but I'm only going to give it a seven, all right? So for once, Seriously? you're actually higher than me, you know? Now, if, I you, know. Give it an eight, yeah, if you give it an 8.75 and I give it a seven, that's an average of 7.875, which is the most complicated rating we've had yet. Thanks for that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey, it's a four-digit number. Dear, oh dear. Is this this the first four-digit number? It is, yeah. It's usually in a half or or and a quarter, not 7.875. But I thought that'd be an easy one to do. 8.75 is like, you know, not like... I'm glad you didn't do 8.74 or something like that and make that a four-digit number. That would be even worse. Wait for the next one. (laughs) (laughs) all right okay well that's us done for today chris uh so here's to the next one thanks for your time oh thank you for having me and i'm getting i will definitely buy this finally because i thought i had it i will get it today get down to walmart okay yes i will (laughs) all right cheers chris thanks everybody and uh we'll see you next time bye-bye